1998, at around two years old, my mom gave me the best present ever, a fluffy, wriggly purebred golden retriever puppy that I named Maggie. Despite minor puppy incidences, like disappearing pizza act, Maggie was the sweetest, most docile and well-tempered dog I have ever met. My dad was a real jerk, though to his credit, I never met anyone who could yell like that. He never hit us or anything, he was always just in a bad mood. Maggie hated any sort of yelling, aggression, or anger. She would immediately put her tail between her legs and find an empty room in her tiny apartment to hide. Thankfully, mom didn't want me to be in that type of an environment, and around the time Maggie turned one, we got out of there. We lived with my grandparents for quite a while. They loved having us and loved us being there. We were a real happy family. My grandpa, one of 15 children, and my grandma, one of seven, frequently had large backyard barbecues that featured all their siblings, their siblings' kids, grandkids, etc. People and hordes went in and out, and Maggie relished the attention from all, never so much as lifting a lip of growling. She loved being in that neighborhood too, frequently being stopped for pets on walks. My mom married my awesome stepdad, and we moved into a new beautiful house. Maggie was getting older, so every day I took her for a walk around the same two blocks for her joint health. It was October of my 8th grade year. Previously, I had mentioned to my mom that there was a real creepy guy who seemed to always be sitting on his porch to watch me as I walked Maggie every day. I sort of got used to it, I guess, taking my mom's advice never to walk directly past his house, but to walk on the other side of the street. This particular day, my stepdad surprised me with a pair of red ruby slippers that were extremely nice to match my Dorothy costume for Halloween this year. They were my first pair of shoes with heels on them. My mom warned me to break them in before the Halloween dance, so I decided to wear the shoes to walk Maggie that day. I had never felt cooler. I wonder if it was the heels that finally set him off. I was so happy strolling along that when Maggie stopped to sniff, I didn't even realize we were across the street from the creeper's house until there he was, walking up to us. I immediately felt the urge to run, but not only were the heels a hindrance, but Maggie couldn't keep up the way she used to. There was zero chance of me leaving my dog, so I froze. He sauntered up to us and asked if the dog was friendly. I gave an automatic yes, kicking myself for it when I realized I should have lied. He reached out a hand for her to give a sniff and time froze for a moment when she took one look at him and started snarling, lunged at his throat. He fell back and she continued to charge, dragging me along by the leash as he tried to get away. He took off running and so did I, faster than I thought was possible. Upon hearing the story, my mom promptly gave her a juicy bone. She never did anything like that again and continued to be friendly to all. I never saw that creepy porch walker again. I know she saved me that day. Thank you for being the best girl, Maggie. Rest in peace. Hey everyone, I guess this might not be that crazy of a story, but it had my heart pumping. I was just at a gas station a few hours ago and I get out of my jeep and there's this older dude just standing there, waiting to talk to me. Of course, he follows me into the gas station, telling me dumb shit like how beautiful my smile was. 
So I'm getting a pop and I see him at the register and decide to hang back a little bit until he left. He did not leave. He stood by the cash register annoying the attendant for what felt like forever. Eventually, I'm tired of just looking like an idiot standing over by the beverage section, so I make the decision to just deal with it. I go over to the other attendant and pay and say, Hey listen, this guy's being a creep. You watch, he's gonna follow me out. Of course, the attendant didn't make much of it. What do you know? The guy all of a sudden doesn't need to talk to the cashier anymore and promptly follows me out. I look back at the tenant I was talking to and see a look on his face like, oh shit. This guy still follows me and continues to be a creep until I dip into my car and peel out. I thought there was no way that he was going to follow me. I was wrong. He followed me for miles. Thankfully, I was close to my dad's, a retired chief of police, and called him in a panic. I then drove over there to meet my brother and my dad standing in the garage waiting. My brother runs up to the car and escorts me back to the house. Now they are waiting for this guy and they are pissed. They wait for a decent amount of time. They want this guy to pull around. They finally go in. I smoke with my brother on the back deck and then I think I see his truck just go by. Which is weird because it's a subdivision and my dad lives in a cul-de-sac. So how did this guy know to wait and then pull around? Or maybe I lost him for a bit and he took his chances and of course spotted my stupid car. I have a ridiculous orange Jeep and everyone that knows me can spot it from a mile away. It's nice but it's also like a blaring spotlight in the dark. Plus I have this giant pink sticker on the back of a pit bull that says show me your pities. So there's that. Not really helping myself too much in the low profile department. So this guy knows my car now. Good stuff. I honestly don't really know what his intentions were because it's not like I was going to eventually give up and stop my car for him. Edit 1. My boyfriend was saying that the guy was probably intending to run me off the road. It was raining really bad so it wouldn't have been that hard for him to do so since his truck was way bigger than mine. Again, I'm super glad that I was close to my dad's. Edit 2. My dad just gave me a giant bottle of pepper spray foam to keep in my Jeep. If that guy does bother me again, he's going to get a pepper spray bath. Any woman that's reading this and might not know, don't buy the fancy little defense things for your keychain. Buy pepper spray instead, or even both. Here's why. If you reach out and punch whoever, you are too close. They can grab your arm and then you're fucked. Try not to touch or even get that close to the violator if you are in that position. Take self-defense classes as well. It's worth your life. You might get an asshole cashier like me one day that doesn't help you at all and it might not have turned out the way it did with me. I was in my mid-twenties a few years ago and was visiting relatives in Munich. I was really excited to be there as it's a great city and I managed to get there during a week with some cool events. My personality would be considered pretty bubbly and excitable, so I'm walking all around the city with a big fat smile across my face and some good music in my ears. I had a lot of time by myself because my relatives were working during the day. So one day, I decided to do a little shopping in the city center. I wanted to go to Forever 21 as I don't have one in my country, 
So after having some brunch and coffee by myself, I went there. It was huge and has three stories. So I'm going up and down escalators to really get a look through everything on each floor. After a little while, I walked past this guy wearing a turquoise t-shirt. His arm was casted as if broken and was hanging in a sling that went around his neck and he had a phone in the healthy arm. As I previously mentioned, I had a constant smile on my face and I looked at his face. We have the briefest eye contact and then he's gone. Or so I think. I didn't pay too much attention to my surroundings, so I didn't really look around until the next time I got on the escalator. I looked back and there he is, a few feet behind me, holding his phone like he's filming me. I feel really uncomfortable and try to cover up my backside as best I can. I get off and go to some rack to see if he comes along, which he indeed does. I walk somewhere else faster. Still, he's looking at me from behind a rack close by. Finally, I go down the escalator and then immediately back up. He still follows me. At this time, he has a smug look on his face. It feels like he really wants me to get freaked out. Finally, after 10 to 15 minutes of this, I run over to the women's underwear section and get low. I stay there peeping out from one of the racks and I see him looking around for me. At some point he spots me and his face turns a bit sour and he finally leaves me alone. I stay there for a few minutes just in case. As I'm leaving the store, I see him further away walking after a different girl. I felt so sick and I didn't even understand what the hell he was doing. It felt creepy, and for some reason the cast made it even more unsettling. I don't know if this counts as a creepy encounter, but I sure felt gross for the rest of the day, and still remember it vividly. I'm a woman in my late 20s who was shopping for groceries earlier in the week. As I was passing the vegetarian section, I passed by a guy whose cart was stopped right in front of it. We seemed to both be looking for what was there, and soon after, I made a move to go. He said something like, this stuff is good, huh? And I replied, normally they have more options, and then continued pushing my cart. I noticed that he was following me throughout the aisles, and as I went to stand in line, he and his cart were right behind me. He was asking how long I've been in the city, how long I've been vegetarian, that I look like a vegetarian, and what's my name. At this point, my left hand with my engagement ring is on the cart, very visible, and I don't want to be the person who coldly says, I have a fiancé, so I don't. He keeps chatting, says he stood in line purposely to talk to me. I stare ahead for a whole minute, not responding. Then my turn to check out comes. When I was checking out, I saw him leave the store. No cart, no bags, no groceries, and with a friend. He looked at me briefly and then walked more quickly. It felt weird and scammy and not like I was being hit on. I was super glad to get out of that area and head home. I know this isn't as scary as many other stories here, but I can't stop thinking about what could have happened if I had been alone. I was on my way to a play rehearsal with my roommate, who happens to be the director, 
and his partner. I don't go out much because I work from home. Taking the subway was kind of an adventure. Anyway, we took the subway in a station where the platform is located on both sides of the train, while the rails are just in between. It wasn't as crowded as I expected, and we were only going five stations away, so I decided to just lean against the opposite door since I knew it wouldn't open for another four stations. After a slow ride, we get to the station where the platform is between the trains. This means that the door that opens is the one that I'm leaning against. So as we get off the station, I move to the side to let people get in and out of the train. Then this guy comes in and stands right next to me. When I look at him, we make eye contact, and it just gave me the creeps. I turn around to talk to my friends, so this guy would realize I'm not alone. But my roommate is already ahead of me, and stands closer to me while looking at the guy. He immediately got off the train and pretended to find another door to get back in, but instead walked across a platform to take another train instead, the one headed in the direction we were coming from. I felt totally creeped out realizing he wasn't even going in the same direction as me. Then my roomie tells me that the guy took the subway in the same station we did. He remembered him because he creeped him out too when he saw him. So this guy took the train the same place we did, but when he saw my roommate, he flew and took another train in the opposite direction. I know nothing actually happened, but it's scary to think about how different it would have been if I had been alone. This happened a few years back when my daughter was about seven. She's a cute little blonde-haired, blue-eyed girl with freckles across her nose and cheeks. My husband, daughter, and I stopped at a shopping center while my husband went into an auto parts store next door, which is where we were going to meet back up with him after my daughter got me to see a kitten for adoption. We were looking at a cute little black and white kitten when an older gentleman approached and stood next to my daughter. She looked up at him and smiled and moved to my left side to put me between him and her. She's always been a little shy around strangers, even as a preteen, she still acts this way. The gentleman smiled, staring at my daughter and said, Men don't like shy girls that don't want to be near them. I nodded my head and told my daughter it was time to go. I grabbed her hand and walked away from him. It was the first time she didn't argue with me about leaving the little kittens. We get to the auto parts store and I tell my husband what happened. He made a comment about how the guy being a creep, but told me not to worry. He was going to finish up and pay for the parts he needed, and we were going to go. My daughter and I went to look at the car accessories while we waited for him. Men love a girl with freckles though, the gentleman said, standing next to me in the aisle, smiling down at my daughter. Luckily, my husband was standing next to me with his bags. He cleared his throat and the gentleman's face turned red. He excused himself and walked out of the store. We still shop there but I haven't seen him again, and I hope I never do. I very rarely go out without my husband now, unless it's through a drive-thru. Being followed home is not uncommon where I'm from, and sadly, it's not rare either. Men will see you walk at night, or even day sometimes, and catcall you to get your attention. No matter how often it happens, it's not something you can get used to. 
and it's scary to be in that situation. This night, I was with my ex walking home. He was a horrible boyfriend, and he got extremely drunk, forcing me to walk him home to make sure he goes inside. I asked him to call a taxi for me, because my phone was dead, and he agreed and went inside. I stood outside his apartment waiting, but as time went by, I realized that the taxi was probably not coming. At the time, I thought that they forgot to send the car, but now I realized that my ex probably didn't even call and just passed out. It was December and extremely cold outside. I was angry at my ex for getting drunk, angry at the taxi company for forgetting to send a car, angry at everything and everybody. It was almost midnight and if you've read my previous experiences, you will understand why I don't like to walk home even though it's only a 15 minute walk. As I am waiting, I see a jeep parked a little further away from me. The guy gets out of his car and leans on it, just staring at me. After a couple minutes, I realized that he was waiting for me to approach him, and if I didn't, he would be the one to make the move. I panic and start thinking what I should do. I have two options. The first one was to walk home and risk him coming into my street in the dark. A 15 minute walk gives him plenty of time to hurt me. Or my second option is to walk to my grandma's house, which is about five minutes away, but her whole street is dark and pretty much empty. She lives on a street that's mostly stores and offices. She refused to sell her house when other people did, so there aren't many houses around her. I couldn't go back to my ex's apartment because I had to be buzzed in and it was midnight. I decided to go to my grandma's and started walking quickly. The guy, of course, gets in his car and starts driving behind me. I pretend that I'm on a call in hopes that he wouldn't do anything if I was on the phone with someone. As soon as I see my grandma's house, I run as quickly as I can into her yard. Everyone is asleep, so my best bet is to ring the doorbell because I don't have a key and hope someone might be awake. Thankfully, my uncle is. I tell him someone is following me. He drives a jeep and I'm scared that he might hurt me. My uncle does not hesitate. He runs out into the cold December night in his shorts and t-shirt and sees a guy. He yells to me, is that him? The guy sees this and pretends that he's on the phone and gets into his car and drives away. My uncle calls a taxi for me and waited for me till the taxi got there. I thought that would be it. As soon as I got into the taxi, I felt safe. I tell the driver my address, and as soon as he turns, we see the car. He tries to follow the taxi. At this point, I have absolutely no clue what his intentions are. Does he want to hurt me because I got my uncle on him? I start crying and quickly explain to the driver what's going on. He was an older gentleman, and I felt like he has been waiting for this moment his whole life. He told me not to worry, and that he'll lose him, and won't allow the guy to see where I live. He ended up losing him, mostly because the guy in the jeep just gave up and left. But that taxi driver got to feel like a hero, and I got to get home safely. This happened a couple weeks back in the UK. I'm a very tall 45-year-old guy on medical disability due to renal failure. Weak bones. I wanted to make lunch rather than be lazy and order pizza. And despite the pain it caused by walking, I decided to walk for 30 minutes round trip as part of my meditated exercise. I get to a local store and grab some of the basic things to make a quick meal. 
While I'm there, I feel a sharp pain fly up my back, then my left leg, and I start limping. Knowing when this happens, I have 20 minutes tops before the pain gets too much, so I go and get my stuff paid for. I leave, cross the street, and sit on a public bench, and let the pain fade. Once the pain faded, I started walking again, only for two young guys in suits to come up to me, wearing badges, identifying themselves as members of the Church of England. Asked me if I was okay, and that letting God into my life would stop the pain. I politely told them I'm fine and just need to get home before it flares up again. And, big mistake, told them that I'm not religious. Believe in what you want, but I don't anymore. They tell me that their job is to save me in the word of God. I start walking off, but my leg flares up again and I start limping. These two guys follow me and keep trying to stop me despite me saying to leave me alone, telling me that they need to help me. I get to my house, open the door, and they try to push into my house. I stand in the doorway, now in agony, freaking out and anxiety taking over. My retired neighbor sees them and comes over just as I lose it. I tell them, this is private property, you're trespassing and making me feel unsafe, fuck off. They looked offended, but my neighbor tells them to leave me alone. They storm off, grumbling. My neighbor helps me sit and makes my meal, staying with me till I calm down. I called the Church of England and complained about my interaction, get an apology and told that the two workers would be retrained and kept out of my area. I have not seen them since, but I've seen different ones who asked how I am and left me alone otherwise. This happened a few years ago. I was walking back to my dorm from college one evening, around 6pm. I had my headphones in and was minding my own business. I see a taxi parked near the sidewalk that I had to take to get to my dorm. It was a fairly crowded road, so I didn't think too much about it. But as I passed him, he rolled down his window and asked me to take out one of my earphones. Then he asked me if I needed a ride home. I politely declined and tried to walk past him. He started driving his car next to me as I walked on the sidewalk. He kept insisting on giving me a ride saying, I know you live in the third building. I've been watching you for the last three days. I just want to give you a ride home. At this point, my mind went blank and I didn't know how to respond. He went on to say, you told me yesterday to come meet you here today. That's why I got my car. He even described what clothes I was wearing the day before. Throughout this, I'm just trying to get away from him and get to a shortcut that would take me away from the road so that he couldn't follow me. I kept on telling him that I have no clue who he is and I've never spoken to him. I try to walk away and he gets out of his car and aggressively tells me to come back at once and not to run away from him when he's talking. Luckily at this point, a friend of mine who saw this was happening as she returned from college called out for me and seeing her, the guy got back in his car quickly and booked it. I never saw him again after that. This might not seem like a big deal now, but even to this day, I feel paranoid about someone watching me whenever I'm alone. Okay, so this happened to me 20 minutes ago. I was just coming back from school and stopped at the Starbucks nearest to my school. As I was going into Starbucks, there was this old white man who begged me to get him some coffee. 
Since it was a small coffee and me being nice, I said, sure, what do you want? He just said a small coffee and I was like, I can get you what I'm getting. And he said, okay. I go into Starbucks, get our drinks and come back out. Then he asked me if I lived around here. I said, yes. He asked me if I go to school here and is my apartment near? I said, yes. He asked me if I lived alone. I said, no, which is true. I live with three other people. He asked me if I live with roommates and I said, yes. And I totally felt creeped out. This is the first time I've ever had this type of experience. And honestly, I'm a little grossed out. I don't think I ever want to go to Starbucks again. And this is why I continue to carry pepper spray and a taser. So this happened a few months ago and still generally freaks me out. My work involves providing in-home service. So a lot of my day is driving around to clients' homes. I have one client that lives about 30 minutes from me in a very rural area. Anyway, I left my home around 11 a.m. to get to this client. I had a stoplight around five minutes from my house, which is in the middle of a heavily trafficked city. The car in front of me turned on their left turning signal. So naturally, when the light turned green, I drove around them. After I passed them, I noticed them turn their turning signal off and instantly went straight. So now they were behind me. I thought nothing of it at this time because who doesn't get confused about directions sometimes? So I kept driving down these little backcountry roads that did not have any traffic and the car continues to follow. After about 20 minutes, I start to get more aware. While this car could very simply be going the same direction as me, I found it a little off that the route was matching mine exactly. When I finally got to my client's house and made a turn into the driveway, I fully expected the car to keep driving, but nope, they turned into the driveway behind me as well. The driveway was narrow, thus they were now essentially blocking me in. I turned my car off and waited a few minutes, and the car behind me stayed on and didn't move. The windows were tinted so I couldn't see inside. I sat in the car waiting, and the person in the car behind me didn't get out. They just sat there, car running. I called the client and asked if she could stand on her porch so I could get on my car, and she happily obliged. The minute my client stepped out on the porch, the car very quickly backed out and drove away and the client didn't recognize the car. I have no idea why it happened. I didn't do anything to cause any sort of road rage, so why this car suddenly started following me is very bizarre. And if it was something sinister, why do it midday? Anyway, it's just been on my mind for a while, and I thought I'd share it. I really have no explanation for what happened, which is probably the most frustrating part. Okay, so here we go. I just remembered that this happened and only now realized that I could potentially have been in massive danger. This happened when I was 14 years old. I'm very quiet and look like the typical messy, makeshift punk kid. I had a bad family life, so I spent most of the time wandering around the town with my friends, avoiding home. And when nobody I knew was out, I would just walk around by myself. I had a few small piercings at the time, but my most prominent one was a little ear stretcher made out of bone carved into a snake 
that hung from my earlobe. I'd been hanging out in the square with myself and company used to loiter when this very petite, hippity-dippity, smiley lady came over and started chatting to us. This square was known for people gathering and mingling, so we didn't think anything of an unusual woman coming to talk, despite the age difference of at least 15 years. After a few minutes of chatting, she turned to me and started showering me with compliments and asking me loads of questions about myself. Being the little shy hermit crab that I was, I just mumbled short replies and didn't resist when she reached out to touch my earring, even though it made me cringe hard because I hate being touched. She made such a huge deal of my earring, going on and on about it, and kept trying to touch my arms and shoulder, like we were besties. I was obviously uncomfortable, but didn't tell her to fuck off as I hadn't grown into my voice yet. She hung around until my friends had to get their bus home, so we said our goodbyes and I walked to the bus station. Nothing unusual happened. I saw my friends off as usual and started the slow walk across the city to my own stop. I had some time to kill, so I took my time walking around random streets, taking the longest route possible. The sun was just about to go down as I was walking down a narrow street lined with large glass shop facades. I had mad teen paranoia about my looks, so I could never resist looking at myself in a window. And when I did, I spotted two people trailing along behind me. I glanced around and saw the same woman from earlier still smiling at me, but now wearing a big shawl over her head, accompanied by a really big bearded man in a black hoodie with a hood up only about 20 feet behind me. I kept walking, faster, approaching the corner when I heard her call out, Hey girl, I like your earring. Hey, I just want to know where you got your earring from. I already really didn't like her for touching me. She was annoying and I just didn't feel like engaging, so I ignored her. I rounded the corner and darted into the other side of the street that would lead me to my bus stop. The bus was right there waiting for its time to take off so I just hopped in and forgot about it until now. At the time, I didn't really think much of it. I didn't really realize how inappropriate it was for a random adults to just befriend random underage teens, especially since it was a woman, so I felt like there was no threat from her. I assumed that the man was her boyfriend or something. I truly thought that seeing her again was a coincidence, but thinking of it now, I realized she must have followed us to the bus station seen me, the quiet one, walk away by myself and called him back up and followed me. I wasn't aware of human traffickers lowering kidnapping methods like I am today and actually got a shock when I put it together right now. What do you think? Coincidence with just a very strange lady or something darker for a vulnerable teen? This happened 15 years ago and all I can do now is speculate. This happened to me a few years ago and still makes me anxious. I had this classmate who skipped most of the classes until the final two months of school. We were like 13 at the time, so everyone thought of it as super strange because her mom had been notified by the school a lot of times and she still wouldn't come. In those last two months where she actually attended school, we got close because we both like anime. And since she was a girl, I felt much more comfortable talking about it with her than my male classmates. 
as I was still terrified of men after a sexual assault incident that happened with a friend of my dad. One day, we went together to my martial arts class because she wanted to see how it was and she kept a plastic container that I couldn't see through and a card in a plastic bag. I thought about it, but since she avoided the question, I left it as it was. When we left the class, she gave me a bag and it had Snickers in the box and the card had a pressed flower inside with a confession and she asked me to be her girlfriend, to which I tried to politely decline since I had no romantic feelings for her. After that, it got awkward and I hurried to leave her by her building store and left. After that, she started skipping class again and I was thankful because I didn't know how to act with her. Sometime later in the last days of school that year, I discovered that before she asked me, she spread to the whole school how she felt about me and added me as a bisexual for everyone in the school, even though my tight-knit class of eight people were the only ones that I had come out to. And on one of the days she did attend, she tried to get everyone to pity her and pressure me into giving up and start dating her. Creepy but okay. She moved schools and I didn't hear from her for some time until I started bumping into her a lot when I went out, which was not that strange since we live close by. After New Year's, but before classes got back, I had to go to the store to get some things for dinner that my mom asked me to get. When I got home, I saw a message from her. She said that she saw me leaving when she was walking around my block and that she proceeded to follow me to the supermarket and take a picture of me. I freaked out and showed it to my dad, saying that I was afraid and asked if I could get a restraining order or something, but he said it wasn't necessary since there was nothing she could do to me as we were both teenagers. I didn't block her because I wanted to know if she would send me anything else, but she didn't send anything after that. When I thought it was safe and she had given up, she appeared in my martial arts class with her elderly grandma and kept asking to be paired with me. I was terrified and paired up with my friend, who was a very nice elderly lady, and she ended up being paired with her grandmother. After that, she vanished, never ran into her again, never received another message. She never showed up there again. When class got back, I discovered that she apparently had moved to another state with her mother. I was a senior going to a pretty well-respected community college near my hometown. One of my classes was an intensive public speaking course with a professor that I adored. At the start of the semester in this class, nothing was out of the ordinary. My classmates and I either got along or kept to ourselves. We were all adults after all. This was my last class of the day, so I would often have up to an hour to kill beforehand and would always look for a quiet, comfy nook to either study, work on assignments, or watch YouTube. One day, I was working on a paper in the nook near my public speaking class when I noticed this guy from said class standing at the entrance of the lobby, staring at me. I just ignore it because I was busy. He walked over and stood above me, staring until I acknowledged him with a high. He proceeded to take a seat near me and started asking me really mundane questions about the weather and our class. I humored him, but eventually said I was trying to work on a paper and would like to be left alone. He just went silent and sat, watching me until it was time for class. 
He walked with me, despite me not making eye contact or engaging with him in any way. Our classroom was set up in a way where each row has a solid desk on a big step, each one higher than the one in front, like stairs. I'm sorry, I don't know what it's called, but I'm sure there's a name for it. This guy sat below me, so when I noticed he had turned around in his seat to stare at me, a lot of other people did too. It was very obvious. I chose to ignore this behavior at first, but I started to notice him everywhere. The campus wasn't huge, but it certainly had enough teeny study spaces and nooks that a person could easily hide away from others. That was the whole point of study nooks. Still, he would always be around, no matter where I went, watching me. The incident that made me first report him was, on a presentation day for our class, he found me in the computer lab where I sat with a couple of my friends, but I was, unfortunately not sitting in between any of them. So this guy, who I'll call Noah from now on, walked up next to me, making sure his crotch was close to my face, and asked me if I was ready to give my speech. I said yes, and that I'm trying to work on last minute changes to the outline. He then pulled a leather belt out of his backpack and scooted a tad closer to me, started putting his belt on, saying, Look, I got a new belt for the speech. When I just nodded and went back to working on my outline, he said, Watch this, and scooted so close to me that my ear brushed his pants when I turned my head. I was mortified and instinctively scooted my chair away, which made my friends look over at what was going on. One of them asked me what was up, and I told them nothing. Noah eventually walked away after getting his belt on, and then I told everyone what happened. My friend Nicole told me to report him after I explained his other behavior. After class that day, I did. I went to the student advocate and told her everything that happened, that I was uncomfortable, and asked what she could do. She told me, You know, I think he may be on the spectrum, or just socially awkward. Have you tried getting to know him? I told her I didn't want to get to know him, and that I shouldn't have to befriend people who made me feel uncomfortable, even if they were on the spectrum, or socially awkward. She told me that she would take what I said into consideration and only come back if he did anything actually worth reporting, since sticking your junk in someone's face is apparently not a form of harassment. So Noah kept following me, appearing wherever I was. Sometimes he would try to talk to me, sometimes he would watch me. He followed me through the parking lot to my car one time. He stared at me in class. He tried talking to people he knew were my friends to try to get involved in conversations with me when they were hanging out with me. After class one day, I decided to go to McDonald's near campus to grab my dinner. I decided to go inside because I used to have a thing about drive throughs for some reason. As I was waiting for my food, the girl who took my order came up to the counter and called me over. She asked, Do you know that guy? I turned to my right and Noah had pulled his car up to the glass window where the drive through line was supposed to be, except there were no cars in front of him and he was 50 feet behind the menu and speaker, just staring at me. As soon as I made eye contact with him, he backed his car up and began pulling into the parking space to the left of my car. My stomach dropped. Now he had fallen me off a of campus. My face once went pale because the girl looked concerned and I told her exactly what was happening, that Noah was stalking me on campus, 
and now he was here. This girl, honestly my hero, said, I'm going to rush your order. If you feel unsafe and he starts heading in here, I'll hide you back here and call the police. Just as she got my food on the counter, Noah got out of his car and started walking towards the entrance. I told the girl that I was just going to put my head down and rush past him, get in my car and get out of there. She told me to be safe. I walked with a purpose out of McDonald's, walked straight past Noah. He started trying to talk to me and followed me to my car, so I ran, got in, locked the doors and pulled out. I looked in my mirrors the entire way home, scanning, scared that I would see his car behind me. Luckily, he didn't follow me home. The next day, I told my friend Nicole what happened and that I wasn't sure if I could report this because of what the student advocate said. She was appalled and said that she would go with me to report it. We sat down and I told the student advocate everything that had happened since the last time I reported it. Her response was that I was overreacting and that she would document my report but wouldn't grant me a campus restraining order against him. She left me with, If he does something to you, touches you, hurts you, then we can investigate and get the police involved for a restraining order. Nicole and I were angry and I felt so defeated. We went to talk to our mutual friend, Amanda, about it and found out he has been creepy to her as well, to the point that he had followed her to her car and wouldn't let her leave until she talked to him. I guess when he wasn't following me around, he was following her. She said that she hasn't reported it because she didn't think anyone would take her seriously. She also said another friend of hers was stalked by him for a few months the previous semester to the point that her friend dropped the class that they were in together to throw off his knowledge of her schedule because the student advocate wouldn't help her either. The next day, all three of us, Nicole, Amanda, and I, went to the student advocate to show her that he's been doing this to more than one person and that he had actually kept Amanda from leaving. The student advocate finally decided to start an investigation. Unfortunately, all of us were graduating soon by this point and never saw the outcome of the investigation. Edit. I did try to talk to campus police first. The officer I spoke to told me that the process for my type of situation was to talk to the student advocate first, who would determine if it was worth filing a report and taking action. The investigation involved the student advocate talking to Noah and my professor. It didn't involve the police whatsoever, though I wish it had. Hi everyone, I'm going to start this post by saying that I haven't told anyone about this whole story, mainly because of fear, but also because the guy I'm going to talk about is the son of one of my dad's friends. I just know for a fact that my father will end up blaming all of this on me. I'm currently a senior in high school and live in a pretty nice town in North Carolina. It all started about a year ago when I was 16. At the time I was working at Starbucks as a barista. It was a Thursday and surprisingly the cafe was almost empty. A few minutes before my end of shift one of my colleagues informed me that a cute guy's here to see you. I was kind of confused. I didn't have a boyfriend at the time. I'm pretty average, so I couldn't imagine a guy would be interested in me. As I turned around, I recognized the boy instantly. Henry, my dad's best friend's son. 
He was three years older than me, and for some reason that I wasn't aware of, he enjoyed making me feel miserable, calling me fat, ugly, and all the other sweet things that you really want to hear as an already insecure teenager. So for obvious reasons, seeing him at my workplace didn't fill me with joy. Now, on a completely objective point of view, he was very good looking, blonde hair, blue eyes, and he knew that he was attractive, which made me want to punch his smirk off his handsome face. Henry was actually there to apologize for being a complete douchebag and confess that he actually really liked me, but he didn't know how to act around me because you radiate such powerful energy, it's really destabilizing. Weird timing, but okay. Being the dumb girl I was, I accepted his apologies and from that moment on, we kept in touch every day. He would send me good morning and good night texts, give me cute nicknames and whatever couples do. However, he never asked me to be his girlfriend, but he would introduce himself to others as my one and only true love. Should have seen red flags from the start. He would show up at my place without asking me at least once a week. I live alone with my dad who actually really liked the boy, so my old man didn't care about his constant presence at my home. After a few months of our relationship, I decided to call it off. He was being really possessive he was jealous of my girlfriends, and I discovered that he was in contact with his previous girlfriend and kept on telling me not to worry about it. His reaction wasn't what I expected. He shrugged it off and said, Okay, whatever you want, babe. Don't get me wrong, I didn't want him to hurt because of me, but he just seemed so nonchalant about it, to the point where it was almost worrying. I thought this story should end there, but oh boy, I was wrong. Even after the breakup, he kept coming over and taking naps on my bed while I wasn't home. When I confronted him about it, he would respond with, I came to see your dad, or we're still friends. I don't see what's bothering you. What's bothering me is that if you weren't wearing that expensive ass cologne with a strong ass smell, I wouldn't have known that you came in my room while I was out. I tried to tell my dad that Henry and I weren't together anymore and that he had no right to come over and make himself at home in my own room. He just laughed and said I was being a drama queen, so I guess you understand why I'm kind of stuck at this point. What I didn't know was, Henry had basically been following me everywhere. I noticed it a few weeks ago, but I'm pretty sure that he's been doing it for quite some time now. He would follow my car as I was going to school, park his truck in the Starbucks parking lot whenever I was working, and would peek through my bedroom window and leave handprints that I only saw after some time. How did this dumbass chick not notice before? Well, as a horror movie fan and a true crime podcast enthusiast, it's not really unusual to feel observed or spied on. At least I think. Plus, his truck was pretty common, so I couldn't tell if it was him or not. Until a few days ago, my car had a problem with one of its tires, so I had to take the bus for a little while. One morning I got out of my house and saw his truck and immediately made out his face as he was sitting in the driver's seat and that's when I connected the dots. My gut feeling going in a frenzy whenever I was out, three of my tires being slashed, the handprints on my bedroom window. When the realization hit me, a shiver ran down my spine. I felt paralyzed and tears welled up in my eyes. I felt nauseous and decided that I needed to talk about it to someone because I've read enough stories about it and trust me when I tell you that crazy ex-boyfriend plus helpless girl don't work out well together. 
I made up my mind and told my friend Tyler, who was five years older than me and studying law. He unfortunately told me that I couldn't do anything because I didn't have concrete proof and it would be my word versus Henry's. And Henry is a good manipulator. Now I'm stuck because I don't know what to do. I tried to take pictures of his car, but due to lack of light in my neighborhood, I never managed to snap one in which we could recognize him. Whenever he's parked in front of my house and we make eye contact, he usually starts driving off quickly. I haven't seen him in three days. However, my gut feeling is still making me go crazy. So, Crazy Henry, let's not meet again, but who knows when he'll show up again. I wasn't very popular in high school and a lot of people didn't like me because of rumors. So I rarely had any friends from my class. After the whole bullying, I decided to sign up for French class to avoid drama. First day of French class, I made friends with a girl named Alyssa. After a few weeks of being friends with Alyssa, I started noticing how weird she was acting and I was about to ask her what's wrong when she put her hand over my mouth and threw me some bushes. I was about to yell when she told me to shut up and of course I was confused. She lets out a sigh of relief and I was asking what's wrong. She then shamelessly tells me how she has a stalker and how she's been having a stalker since the beginning of the year and that's why she doesn't have any friends because he becomes her friend's stalkers too. I held her hand and told her that I wouldn't leave her side no matter what and that made her happy. Months after the stalker talk, we made a friend group called the Fam Squad. I know, cringe. We would hang out almost every day. I never really noticed the stalker until he would show up to places we would go. The thing is, no one told him. He would show up to our friend Sebastian's house and pool. He kept stalking all of us, buying gifts, buying food for us, randomly photobombing us, and drawing creepy pictures of us especially of Alyssa and him being together. I later found out that he had a hard drive of pictures of Alyssa and that everyone else was cut off or had a huge red X over their face. The day I will always remember was the 4th of July. Sebastian invited us over to his house to celebrate by swimming, lighting fireworks, and cooking hamburgers and hot dogs. I was in charge of the chips and drinks and everyone else was in charge of everything else. Our friend Daniel was supposed to bring the hamburger meat, but he forgot. But lo and behold, the stalker pops up out of the bush with hamburger meat. Everyone was freaked out and asked if anyone told him about our plans. Everyone said no. We were hungry, so we accepted the hamburger meat and everything was fine until Alyssa made an announcement that her and Daniel were dating. Everyone was happy, but when I looked at the stalker, he was glaring at Daniel. I knew he was up to something. After eating, everyone decided to relax, except for Daniel and I. We jumped into the pool together, but I was on one end and Daniel was on the other end. I was popping up from the water, but I didn't see Daniel at first and thought he was swimming towards me to pick me up and throw me back into the water. So I decided to put on goggles and beat him to it. But what I saw was something unexpected. Daniel was swimming towards me and halfway there, the stalker jumped into the pool on top of Daniel and stepped on him, not letting him get up and I could see the fear in Daniel's eyes. I started to swim towards Daniel and tried to move his leg off of him, 
but I wasn't strong enough. I started panicking, seeing Daniel lose his breath, and decided to bite the stalker's leg. And of course, he yelped and took his leg off of Daniel. I swam to the surface with Daniel and gave him mouth to mouth and luckily Daniel coughed out the water and started breathing. He hugged me and everyone asked what happened. We told him what the stalker did, but before everyone could chew out the stalker, he was gone. Ever since that day, we haven't seen him, but I'll never forget how he almost murdered someone. This happened in the winter when I was 10. I was walking to a bus stop by myself and out of nowhere, this red car drove past me and stopped. I walked by it and a man yelled, Hey kid. I turned and saw this guy in his early 20s. He motioned for me to come over, but I stood still. He then said, I saw you come out of 355 Terrence Road. Was that man your dad? I had no idea how this person knew where I lived and I got so creeped out that I ran. I glanced back and was surprised to see that he was not following me. That night I was finishing up some homework where I had to track the phases of the moon. I went to my window and was shocked to see the same red car parked across the street. I quickly ran to my parents sobbing and explained everything to them. I hadn't said anything earlier in the fear of getting in trouble. My dad called the cops and they arrested the man on the spot. My parents went outside to see what the hell was going on and the dumbstruck cop explained the bizarre story the man had told them. The guy was a rookie PI that was hired by a wife who suspected her husband of having an affair. Whenever he visited the city we lived in, the husband gave his wife our address and told her that he was staying with a friend. When the police showed my parents a picture of the husband, they both laughed. The man didn't look remotely like my dad. The only thing they had in common was their dark hair and light skin. The PI was sobbing in the car and my dad didn't press any charges because he felt bad. I live in a small town in the UK and had to get a bus into work every day. I was around 18 at the time. Early morning, whilst I waited for my bus, another would turn up doing a different route and stop for about 5 minutes as it was always early. I had been using the stop for almost 2 years. One morning at the bus stop, I noticed a girl around my age on the park bus who kept looking at me and had her phone camera pointed towards me. I'd never seen her before and knew most of the people on there as it was never busy in an early route. I thought it was a bit strange but figured she may have just been holding her phone in a weird position so I ignored her. However, over the next couple weeks I would see her irregularly on the bus but she was always looking at me and had her phone pointed to me too holding out a little height as if trying to hide it. The first few times I kept ignoring it and thought maybe my hair is weird today. Or maybe my makeup is. This continued for a few weeks of her turning up and watching me, even when I sat on the opposite side of the bus. Eventually, I had enough, and I was getting creeped out, starting to generally believe that she was either videoing me or taking pictures. One morning, I decided to get my phone out, directed it at her, and pretended to take a video. I made eye contact with her and pointed to my phone. She then put her phone away and didn't look at me again. The weirdest part is I continued to see that bus for another year and never saw her again after that. 
Either she was innocent and I terrified her, or she was up to something weird 